Hey, 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 and welcome to Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Stephen. And Mark. And today we will be talking about everything and anything because this is our 80th episode. Woohoo! And every once in a while, we just toss one of these in. So, to get started, I I have been scolded on this podcast a few times before by Mark because my clickety-clacky keyboard is in the background and he has to edit it out and he doesn't like that, even though they're separate tracks and he can just mute mine, but hey. Yeah, but you know, you could mute your microphone. It's not, you know, you're in your booth, you've got that big button, just press it. I mean... Well, the, the button is so far away. Yeah. I yeah. Know. But, Mark... Speaking of keyboards, I don't even have a mechanical one. I just have this, what is this, Logitech MX... Oh, Something no, what the mouse. MX Keys, <laughs> I think it's called. Oh, that one. The the, that the, one. the beautiful one, the flat one. The... Yes, oh, it's so beautiful. Um, I, I just love looking at it. But you actually <laughs> have a mechanical clickety-clacky one. That is true. I, I do actually, in theory, have a mechanical keyboard, though I don't know. I think the true mechanical keyboard aficionados, they would sneer at this because it's uh, mm. it's the Logitech G... 2,000 years later. G915. And okay. that is, it's, it's actually a gaming keyboard. So you've got like these function keys and you've got these different modes that you can set and then you can deactivate certain keys. I don't use any of that. I just really like the rainbow animation. Um, uh, that's that's when you, you know you're getting old. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. I, so, so it's been like half a year until I started programming my function keys because now I can just go like uh, G1 will pop up all my office applications that I need and then with G2 there is the development environment that comes up and then yeah, you can even... You, even can program one for showing the battery state. So okay. that's, uh, that's always cool. But yeah, so I mean, you, so can you swap out the buttons and the, the thingies? You could sort of, but see, that's the thing. You know, that's why the true keyboard aficionados will tell you this is not a mechanical keyboard. It's too flat. You've got like oh. flat keys. So usually if you look at mechanical keyboards, I mean, they're quite tall. So usually you always have to have some kind of palm rest. So otherwise you like, I don't know, doing cliffhanger style coding i guess um but yeah so, so that's the thing but uh, i bought a tactile one so there are like different ones and i won't go into details because i forgot it but they're like three kinds of mechanical keyboards you got linear so you've got like no uh point where it pushes it's like always the same always the same feeling that you get when you push it down so you're like right at the end then you got uh clicky and they always have got this nice clicky clackety hmm. sounds that goes on and tactile they don't they haven't got the clicky but they got like some force that you can push against until the button will ignite send the letter that you're pushing i don't know Ooh. what's the Registered correct word for that I, one i don't know until it's activated and so so people say this is like uh, really nice to write on so i got this and uh, it it should be quite quiet but to be honest uh, d during home office, I'm sharing um, my home office with with my wife, and she says, "Hey, if you please go out <laughs> I, when she's in a call because it's it, it appears to be too loud." And 
that that can be an issue. But I, I really fall in love with these mechanical things. And, and there's also another one that I'm looking at, the, the key cron 2, I think it is, uh, which I might upgrade to at some point. I, I got this thing with keyboards. And since I now have got a, a hybrid working thing, you know, like in the office mm-hmm. and at home, so you need two good keyboards, you know, lucky me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about upgrading my work keyboard with the G915, which I now have at home, and then get a proper mechanical one for okay. at home. How and about you're this? also gonna gonna do the whole custom keycaps with I don't know weights or whatever you you want. Yeah, I could into the... I could do that, but no, no. I, I, I know. I mean, you can get like these hamburger keys, and I mean, you keep, I, I saw a, a, a blog post recently where someone spent I don't know. Over a thousand Swiss francs, so that's about a thousand euros, so thousand dollars on one keyboard, and you just go like, "Wow, that's that's, that's a lot of money for for a keyboard." It's and dedication. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got like this custom set, and he all built it up together, and and yeah, you know, the escape keys. Then not an escape key, he gets like some fancy icon, and he got all the matching color codes for for the keycaps and stuff like that. But uh, the keys that I would swap out is that it surely will be a Mac layout since I'm mainly working on a Mac. So that you, yeah. Which I can't do right now on this uh, G915. It's always a Windows layout. But hmm. I I manage to adapt. It's just when I then go to the office, it's a bit strange because then the command and the Windows key, they're usually swapped uh, on on the Windows machine and the Mac. So yeah, that's, but, but yeah, I, I manage. You get by. I get by. I get by. Speaking of mechanical keyboards, going back to the office. um, So recently, as of of recent, as of yesterday, uh, we're doing the recording the day after, like on the first day. I mean, we in Switzerland, we dropped pretty much all COVID restrictions. We still have to wear masks uh, on public transport. And when you go into a healthcare facility, so if you visit a hospital or an old people's home, but otherwise, it's it's all gone, and I must say it's it's a bit strange because uh, I could now go grocery shopping, and I would not have to put on a mask. That's just I don't yeah, know. it's it feels uh, odd. <laughs> which, I, I can fully imagine. Which sounds crazy. Years. Which sounds crazy because, <laughs> like, at the beginning of COVID, it was like putting on a mask to go shopping. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like. Going shopping without a mask. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe I'll put one on just to be safe. I'm I'm pretty sure I will have one with me when I go there, just to keep options open. Just because you can. No, it's 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 similar here. Um they're also letting go of a lot of things that were still a thing. Um but they are only doing that after the twenty fifth. Out okay. of my, off the top of my head, um, I'm not quite sure why that is. I, I, I must admit, after two years, I'm not following the facts as much as I used to. Maybe it's the info charts. You know, I, I notice that every time these rulings are made, there's always like these info charts, and if they're too quick with the announcement, they the info chart. Have to like update ready. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could be. Okay. Just saying, just okay. you know, these things need time, quality stuff. You, yeah so like you said um masks are probably gone soonish um you can actually go to a pub until one which used to be 10 okay um that kind of stuff and like you said that whole um like the the 
QR code thingy. Mm -hmm. um, that's still sort of needed for things that are bigger than X amount of persons and like, you know. Okay. It's it's fairly okay, but like the whole thing, like at midnight on the twenty fourth, we can just say, okay, now the virus doesn't care anymore. Like it's, I find that kind of thing like really weird to put a time frame on it, like two weeks ahead. Um, just say yeah. from now on, not anymore. And now it's like clock strikes midnight, everything's gone. Well, I mean, I, I really, ho I really hope this will be the end because I mean, the alternative is there will be another mutation after Omicron, which will be then again more severe. And yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, it's just I, th I think it would be okay, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a bit surreal that it's now like over ish, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, we still have to if you get COVID in Switzerland and you get tested positive, you still have to go into isolation for I don't know at least five days. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's still there are still some. I mean, if you got the flu, no one tells you you have to stay at home, so it's not yet on the flu level. But yeah, so we had a huge spike in numbers, and the healthcare system did not uh, explode. Did not to, budge. <laughs> did not budge. There were not too many patients, so that, I think that was like the, the the decision that this was based upon. That a lot of people either had the vaccine or got infected, and so yeah, we are like yeah, herd, it's, it's... the the herd immunity has been yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun because two years ago like when it all started the first thing that everyone said was we need to reach herd immunity herd immunity that was like a really big thing back then mm. and then the vaccines came into play and herd immunity was not a thing anymore for like most of the most of the time uh and now all of a sudden we've basically i guess just reached it and yeah we're yeah. there but it's it changes your perspectives like in such weird ways because we went uh, like with a small group of friends to a pub um, last Friday mm -hmm. and you're walking past some of these pubs and they're like almost packed to the, packed to the brim with people and you're standing outside and go, looking in and being like, do I want to go in there? <laughs> I'm not quite sure anymore yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I find that fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange. It is strange. It is strange. I've just been to the, to the restaurant for lunch today, and you don't you, you no longer the certificates you don't no longer have to show it anywhere anymore in Switzerland. So it's also like that's a bit strange. I mean, usually you always had to look. You know, do I have my ID with me and the certificate? And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll get used to this, but it's just like yeah, it's a bit strange. And and what also fell with that is actually that you like the recommendation to work from home. So uh, during some parts of the pandemic, it was like uh, mandatory that you work from home if you can. And yeah, so uh, I, I guess I really have to think long and hard about should I pester my co-workers now with a <laughs> mechanical keyboard? But it just is such a nice feel to write on it. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's okay. But yeah, yeah. We, we also have now a 50% um, work from home kind of deal it's not it's not a rule per se it's an advice i guess but okay. um they're still not saying like go full-time back to the office but it's I'm, i find it kind of curious to see which employee uh, employers I must say um like have adapted to this 
Like how many are going to go back to saying you need to be in the office? Yeah, I think I think it will be interesting. I mean, for me, like the hybrid model, as it's been coined, like working from home a few days and being a few days in the office. Uh, I really like that because it gives me like the option to to meet with my fellow co-workers on a regular basis. And it's just it's just different. If you're all in the same room and you're working on the same project and two people have a discussion about some topic, you will you will hear about it or it's just like really easy to quickly get someone else in. And you you, you can't really emulate that feeling when you're in the home office. That's uh, really something that, that I've noticed that I've been missing a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you then hear about companies that say, yeah, we will force people to work hybrid so they can only come in a few days a week. And, and, and I'm just thinking like that will make it like really, really hard because I mean, if you like one team and uh, there's not enough room for everyone to come into the office, you, you I'm sure you will uh, save money on the rent because you don't anymore have to have so many office space, but um, for, you will lose the communication in the team. And I think that's quite important and i i've just yeah i i've never really seen how that could be emulated digitally i mean if you do listener have found the ultimate remote working app that you're using uh that solves this problem i'm i'm really open for suggestions because uh it would be cool to also yeah be part of these discussions while you're not in the office uh but for me teams uh which we are using at the office just did not bring along that feature where you could like yeah listen to music, zone uh, out, and uh, have multiple discussions and going on in the same room. So, yeah. Yeah. In, in the end, nothing nothing quite goes the distance, like being there in person, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about going this distance, Stephen, I mean, oh, oh. on Valentine's oh. Day, the day after Valentine's Day, the day before Valentine's Day, sometime around Ra- Valentine's Day, uh, .NET, uh, had its twenty years birthday. I mean, that's whew, that's 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 insane. I mean, it shows our age, probably for one. But your age, your age. I've got no idea what you're talking about. What Where is this cobalt? <laughs> Give me my basic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's quite an achievement. I uh, I've been around for most of it, but not all of it. I must must also admit that, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've jumped on somewhere about midway, so I haven't been developing all the time with .NET, but uh, quite a lot, and, and it sometimes gets you thinking, you know, when something is around for so long and you've been using it for a lot of things, you could like say like, well, .NET pays for stuff because I mean, my daily work is writing most of the time .NET, and if you think about what .NET managed to pay for me it's it's quite a lot i mean i don't think i would have yeah. a car uh, i don't i don't think i would be living in the house uh that i'm in now and it's oh, just like Lord. it's just like so many things it's just like gets you thinking like this is like really cool you know like you get like this framework and it's been living for so long and it's been feeding so many mouths and stuff like that and just i don't know maybe going down a bit of the road down there but yeah it, i think it's i think it's quite cool and i mean .NET is still quite strong uh it's not the same .NET though is it i mean we started out a windows only and now .NET or .NET Core is like cross-platform uh, everywhere. Open um, source. Open source, yeah. Yeah, so so that's fun. I mean, uh, it used to be like 
I I just recently uh, what listened to a podcast with where Miguel de Casa was on. I think it was done at Rocks. Might drop it into the show notes. And um, he he was like Miguel de Casa. He wrote Mono, and he then later founded Xamarin, and he's now working for Microsoft. I think on something AI related. And um, yeah, I mean, he, when he started to write Mono, which was like a a open source copy. It wasn't a clone, so they, they, I think they didn't really look at anything from the original .NET framework because of the white copyright infringement and stuff like that. And Microsoft like was not fan of that move. I mean, just just think about it. Microsoft was not fan about .NET running on anything else than Windows. And if you would say this sentence today, it's like, what are you talking about? It's running <laughs> everywhere. It has to. It has to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely where we've gone a long distance from as i recall booting up visual studio 2003 those were the days yeah, um, that's, that's why you coded in pampas right i mean so you could just like yeah yeah just uh just wait for that thing to boot then <laughs> grab a coffee because the coffee you had while booting was already gone, and yeah, it's uh, we're yeah, we're we're we've come a long way, and and it's been around for twenty years, but there's a new one already coming. Some well, I, I saw have heard it's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. It on the horizon. Yeah, seven. Um, the only thing I'll be honest, the only thing I know for certain about .NET seven is it won't be a long time release. Um, and it will come after six. And it's coming after six, yeah. Uh, and eight will be the next. Probably next. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's about as, as much as I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm looking forward to what .NET seven brings. It seems like after .NET five, I thought like, wow, they they squeeze so much performance out of this. I don't think it can get any better. And boom, something better happened. Um, yeah. So there is there's still uh, there's there is still quite. A few things that I think the team is still working on there at Microsoft to even improve it more. And if you think about it, I mean, with uh, .NET 6, um, what we're getting is .NET used to be mainly, it used to be running on a lot of platforms, uh, mainly Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. So it was, I would say it was a lot of ASP.NET core that was being run on that so maybe a few console applications and, and probably also some windows desktop applications but with .NET 6 um we'll be getting .NET maui which will then mean that .NET will be running also mobile devices which is super cool and um i think there is like a lot of potential in there uh, also with uh, blazer we got WebAssembly, so .NET running in a browser which is again something entirely different than running on a uh normal operating system the operating system is in the browser so there's there's always like these differences and i guess like there is uh sort of a lot of work that can be worked on and, and all these individual fields like improve performance even more and yeah i'm i'm really excited to to see when don maui comes i mean it will be launching uh later this year uh q2 is still the target that they're aiming for and the release candidate should be released sometimes in q1 so Q1 is Not coming long. to an end. Q, yeah, yeah, we like it right in the middle. So looking forward to seeing that. And uh, yeah, it's. I think it's just like, I I, I think it's super cool. I mean, .NET 6 also like uh, bringing full ARM support. 
Uh, I've got some co-workers, they only have a ARM MacBook. And yeah, uh, suddenly mm. the urge to migrate all the projects away from .NET Core 3.1 or whatever uh, to mm. 6. Uh, yeah, it's suddenly there, you know, like, well, can we just like squeeze it in? It's not a lot. It's just like flipping a number. Usually, and I mean, it usually is. I mean, usually it's flipping a number, uh, making sure that the runtime is installed on the... Uh, server that you deploy to and, and that's it and I think that's I, I don't know I just think it's like super cool uh, because these ARM based uh, chips that just use so much fewer power and they're like really powerful for what they can bring for the price and yeah bright future bright future bright future but you said those colleagues of mine who have an ARM based where, where's where's Marky Mark's ARM based yeah you know it's uh, when yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm still holding, to be honest, I'm still holding out. I think it's still a bit early because um, when I see what kind of issues they're sometimes running into, uh, we still have a few legacy applications which run on the .NET framework. So .NET 4.8, for example. 1.1? One, one. Uh, no. Oh. No, we... <laughs> no, no, thank you. No. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Unfortunately, no. I, I don't know. Well, I, no, we don't have any. Not that old. But I mean, still, I mean, those only run on Windows. And so that means like, uh, yeah, you, you then have to like emulate a, a Windows environment on an ARM. And that's still a bit of a an adventure. And then if you want to like have a SQL server up and running, uh, no mass, that won't work. Even if you like, it's, it's everything. So there's still like some, some yeah, hiccups that you have to, or like some fun, fun bits that you will have to then find out. And, and the emulated X, uh, like the emulated X64 environment. So if it emulates uh, an Intel base, it will not be the of a smooth experience that you get if it's uh, fully platform specific, optimized for ARM-based things. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe later this year. Maybe next year. I mean, the the M2 is uh, should be right around the corner. I've, I've been reading uh, rumors that they might announce something in March even. With the new M2s, like some okay. new MacBook Airs. Um, I don't want a new MacBook again. Again. This one isn't that old yet. Well, it's, it, it, it's uh, how old is it, a year? Two years? Yeah, probably a year. Probably a year. Not, yeah. e- not even. Not even. Okay, yeah, that's quite young. No, mine is coming up three years now, within summer, so yeah. Slowly getting there. Slowly getting there, yeah. It's always like, I mean, if you've got a work laptop, it's always like a bit, when when do you replace it? I mean, some people, they replace the phone like every year. Uh, I've stopped doing that. I used to be that person. Yep. But it's just like, yeah, I don't see the, I don't see the real benefit. And um, same, same goes a bit with the laptop. I mean, sure, I see that it could be quicker. And uh, team co- Teams calls, I mean, the, the fan, I can, it's still working. I can hear it. So that's good, but yeah. <laughs> Can it uh, lift you up a few centimeters off the ground? Uh, not yet. I'll put on some COVID weights. So I'm, I'm safe. Mm. I'm okay. safe. Yeah. Nice. But, but um, I, I mean, I'm still wondering, you know, like all these battery performance marks. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see how they uh, perform when doing these video calls over Teams or Zoom, uh, which I think is like the true battery drain test how how long can you be in such a call i think i might have already mentioned this once or twice on the show i don't remember it so you probably didn't but (laughs) (laughs) that might also say something about me um yeah so you were talking earlier mark you you said there was a leak 
and I was like, what leak mark? I, I missed it. Yeah, there was a leak. I, I totally missed it, at least. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> oh, what? Well, do you know about it was, the leak? It was, well, you know, I did some, I did some look up because oh. uh, yeah, I just thought maybe I could, I could sneak peek something. Um, and then I, so, so the thing is like, um, if you don't know, C sharp. So, so the leak was about C sharp eleven features, and I just thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. because C sharp is open source. So, someone leaked open source information, which was a bit like, okay, I guess. I mean, can yeah. something that's public knowledge can happen be leaked? Maybe, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not native to this uh, language this world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so so yes, I know. So C sharp eleven. I I've just seen on Twitter there was this huge discussion about the bang bang operator. I, I don't know if you've seen that one, Stephen. It's uh, I mean you, it sounds dirty, but go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So so like the Elvis operator. It's like throwing in a few terms there just to confuse you a bit. Oof, extra. I'm already gone. Yeah. No. So so you what you can do is when you uh, have a a method, like a public method, you, and you say I pass in um, a, a parameter, and you want to ensure that that parameter is not null. And you got like these nullability things that you can put in C sharp, but in theory you could still get null because that will only be checked at compile time. So during runtime, you could still pass in a null. You could also pass in a null by putting in a exclamation mark, like one bang, and um, so single bang. Yeah, single bang. And what you now can do is on the parameter, you can now, or this is up for discussion. I don't think it's yet final. Um, you can now do a double bang. And what, what that will do is like, it will do the, hey, if this is null, throw argument null exception. And that was like a huge uproar because we got now another operator, one of these cryptic operators. So people are going like, well, C sharp is becoming the new Perl. And, uh, all the other things. For me personally, I, I think this is actually quite cool because I, I'm lazy and whenever I have to write less code, I'm in there. I mean, the, the Elvis operator, all the, if this is not null, then invoke this or otherwise, it's all gone. I mean, hmm. how cool is that? <sighs> I, uh, I might be too much of a boomer at this point too. <laughs> See through all the bangs, double bangs, question marks, and all that schniz. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but I mean that uh, that's like one of the features that will be coming C sharp eleven. I haven't been giving it too much uh, of a of a read lately. I think they also got something with a field operator going on in properties. Um, yeah, it's it's still a bit early. I mean, this will got a bit of time until I think they're also releasing parallel with uh, .NET seven. Uh, what's being finalized? But the discussion is on GitHub, um, what what they're wanting to do, and yeah, leak it uh, there, leak leak your leak your feedback there, dear listener. I uh, I will surely do that. Yeah. Please don't introduce more characters. No, no more characters. Yeah. Yes. No, but I mean, I've just that just lately, I've um, there, there was another question which was like, what single feature are you missing in C sharp? And I. And at the beginning of that day, I just thought, I can't really think of anything. I mean, the language does so much for me. And then by lunchtime, <laughs> I actually found a feature that I would have liked to have. Wow. So, so I've been doing some internal framework code, 
And uh, so I, I started to use like generics to enforce at certain points that something has to be of a certain type. And you can you can have uh, you can overload that. So it's called covariance or contravariance. You can then you can say this must always be of this type, or it can also be like of an inherited type, so that it will work. And um, which is quite cool that you can do that. Uh, because that means you can then have a, a method signature that differs. The the clue is though you can only do that on interfaces, so you can't. So if you got like the generic and you say this generic is of this type, it will then always have to be of that type uh, unless you say otherwise uh, while you define it. And you can only do that on interfaces. So whenever you got asynchronous code that returns task of t, you always have to do the specific one. You can't like upcast it. I mean, if you ever do, do like, like some task result, you always have to go like, oh yes, and this task result, I'll cast it into the proper whatever, hmm. whatnot. And um, yeah, it just turns out that that was a, a bit of a showstopper for me because um, yeah, uh, the, the there was like some generic invocation going on at the back or, or at the end then and where I didn't really want to know the type specifically, but I wanted to go like and say, well, this inherits from that. And then it just said, no, you can't do that because it's been specifically implemented like this with tasks. And I just thought, well, it would be really cool if classes could support covariance, but hmm. I, don't, I don't think that will be happening anytime soon. And the, the, the general workaround was just like uh, use generic types, like object or interface, and then go away from that. But yeah, that, that, that was like the thing that I was really banging my head against for, I don't know, a time until I... <laughs> until lunch. Yeah, but it's like it's also like when you when you start googling these things, I really think like the the crowd that's even interested in these topics it gets small quite quickly, and everybody yeah. else just goes like, "Yeah, you know, why do you even use it? Just don't." <laughs> you go like, "Yeah, but you know, you can enforce this and that," and he's like, "Yeah, okay, but yeah. no, just, just don't. build it differently." <laughs> yeah, just yeah. So yeah, that was. Um, but yeah, okay. so, so I think, but these are like, I think these are like also the reasons why languages keep evolving and there's like some, some stuff like that. And, and there's also like a lot of little helper uh, things going on. I mean, I've been now using records a lot uh, when I use like uh, DTOs, nothing that I want to put into the database because uh, Entity Framework is not a big fan of records. But um, so these are like read-only classes where whenever you want to change a property, it then will create a copy uh, with the change value and whenever you do multi-threading this can be uh, really helpful because you never have to be fearful that anything that you've didn't, done before is overridden so yeah I mean I, I think a lot of these things you know like they, they have really their use case and can be fun so looking forward to C Sharp 11 but Stephen coming to coming to more practical things did you Ooh. read the latest blog post by our good friend David Ortenon was it on the .NET MAUI preview? Oh, yes. That one. I have not. <laughs> you have not yet. <laughs> I have not yet re read that. Um, no. What, what's it about, Mark? Obviously, .NET MAUI, because that, that's all David blogs about, basically, I think. But, well, um, I mean, it's... it's, it's uh, it was an obvious choice at the very least. 
Yeah, so 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 you get points for that one. Yeah, so yes. this is the Woo-hoo. preview preview thirteen, and on the February the fifteenth. Uh, so this is the week that we we are recording in. Um, he he wrote about uh, a few updates that are going on, and they I think they're like uh, so there are some updates that came along or some new features uh, to Maui. Uh, so they were formatted. Um, is now feature complete for the next release. And he shows an example where you can now, yeah, do some these cool string things that you can do with it. And also like a a lot of um, other little, I I would say little, but I'm sure a lot of work went into them. But you you can see that they're nearing, I think, or I hope so, the um, release candidate. Somewhat of a candidate, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so he goes on uh, about bootstrapping the how this uh, entire .NET Maui is now focused on Maui program. So Maui program, when you look at it, it, it looks a lot like uh, a console application, like what ASP.NET Core is striving for. So I, mm-hmm. I really, I really like that because it just it makes it easier, I think, for people that get started with with .NET Maui. If they did some C sharp, they might have already seen this program structure. And with that, you then also uh, can uh, configure uh, different things when when creating your Maui application, like uh, effects or, or fonts that you want to register or image sources. And, and even if you have got uh, custom handlers, you can register them there. Uh, so yeah, I really like it. And um, another thing that looks like very familiar when you come from ASP.NET Core is, is how you uh, register dependencies. Uh, and all those things, uh, which yeah, I think it's a it's a nice uh, update. And uh, the the only thing that stings my heart a bit is that it's oh uh, mainly for Windows. It seems uh, so. Got to got to boot yeah. up that Windows machine yeah. again to to check this out. But uh, yeah, I mean Visual Studio 2022 17.1 Preview two or newer, and uh, seems to have this .MR preview included. And another nice thing I thought was that the docs have uh, gotten quite an update since I've last looked at them. So there's now more information available how to write a .NET MAUI app. Um, yeah. The last time I looked at it, it was a bit sparse. And a lot of things were still in the Xamarin form state. It's a very underestimated part, I suppose, of, of this whole thing. Because like MAUI can be the greatest framework on Earth, but if no one knows how to use it through documentation. It's going to be uh, quite a bust, probably. So That's yeah, def- definitely a uh, an underrated area, I would say. Yeah, I mean, our good friend, uh, Gerald, he's been doing a lot of videos on his YouTube channel. Uh, I've seen he did two on how to deploy to an app store. So you can deploy Mao to app stores now. Uh, from the length of the video and the description, I think it's not yet all smooth sailing. I think there's still <laughs> some rough edges when you want to deploy it. But I mean, okay. I think that's what you get when you try to deploy something that's in preview. So, Yeah. So conclusion is you can, but if you should, is maybe something for Gerald to answer in that video. <laughs> maybe yes. Maybe yes. I mean, I'm still hoping for a, or I'm still looking, hoping, looking for a smooth upgrade path from Xamarin Forms. So I think if I would have to start a, proper app today um that is not something for myself but something for for a company or an enterprise i 
I think I would still choose Samarin Forms right now, uh, mainly because I think the world can be again a bit different when you look at release candidate stuff. Um, but previews are just a bit too much cutting edge for for me. But yeah. I think everybody has to decide on their own. I don't know, Stephen. What, what's your take? Are, would you ship your next big business on Maui? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, you Not heard yet. it here. We're still, we're still holding out. No, but like big businesses also want. The, I think if if you tell one of the top tech leads or brass of your app that you're developing that you're gonna put some preview bits in there and want to release it, I I don't know. You'll probably get some really weird looks. I I can only see problems in the sense of support and and all that stuff um, because Microsoft while. Uh, but I obviously don't think they will say we support all our preview versions because yeah, no breaking think, changes. Yeah, the thing they say is please don't use this. We might change stuff around, or you know. So yeah, just don't. Well, this I think is it's what I would. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, it's just you can use it. You just don't have to live with the consequences. I mean, yeah, it's it's a free country. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah like I said, <laughs> you can. You can. If you should, is a different question, but absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So uh, after after these bit more tech heavy subjects, did you know, Mark, that there is going to be a full feature length film of Baby Shark? God no. <laughs> so, there is. So so point one. Thank you for putting small, that song again back in my hands. <laughs> small hop into a different territory, small but. Hop into- also, also not quite that far because the original code name for I think it was .NET Hot Reload or Xamarin yeah, Reload. something like that, yeah. One of those tools, I think it was Hot Reload, was Baby Shark Project Baby Shark. Yeah. So either Miguel is getting a full length feature film, or who knows, <laughs> or the actual shark. I don't know. Maybe maybe shark. we should check the producers of that film. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's check if Miguel is in somewhere. There. Yeah. Hmm. Should be. No, I had no idea. Um, I really am looking forward to that theme song. But you do have kids, right? Yes, yes. It would be so nice together with the kids. They're not that into it. They are into other things, which are equally annoying, but (laughs) (laughs) not that specific one. Okay, yes. Sorry for putting it back into your mental state, I guess. Thank you for that, Stephen. So, or did you still want to talk about a tech subject, Mark? I'm fine either way. I mean, my my brain is now overloaded with Baby Shark song themes. Oh, well, then that wraps up our show, I think, <laughs> because Mark Mark just can't go on anymore. So, with that, that basically ends our episode on everything and anything, basically. So, we've been your hosts, Stephen Davison and Mark Allivan. If you have any opinions or just want to send us Baby Shark gifts or whatever feel free to reach out to us on twitter we're at nullpointers.io thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app stay safe and until next time on nullpointers Do 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 do